happy to be in this, this evening to serve the Lord. Sorry that people are standing, so we'll try to make the service just as short as possible. And I'm knowing that you've heard the services today everywhere, and you've had two or three services in the church. I watched your telecast today, and I thought it was real, real good. And I'm sure you feel all fed up now, and so we just talk just a few moments and go right straight into the healing service, because we want the Lord to bless us tonight in the way of this healing service, if, if he will find in his great wise province to do so. I would just like to make this remark that today while reading, the article on Billy Graham was just given me in Look Magazine. And if you haven't looked, seen that, that's really an outstanding. I certainly appreciate Billy Graham. Uh, the Lord is using our brother, and he's doing a wonderful work. Uh, this is his hometown, and some of his people may be here. I don't know from his office or something. If they are, I don't say it because it's, I'm here at his hometown or where his office is, but I'd say it anywhere, and anyone knows that God is using our brother. And so we're very happy uh, that God is doing this, and we should support him with all that we have and with our prayers. May the Lord bless him, and I thought that he certainly gave a real answer to that guy just the way it should be. And he's a smart man, and the Lord bless him. Brother Moore just called me a while ago and told me that Anna Jean and Don and them was with him last week over in Korea. Or in China, somewhere there where they're at, and they certainly enjoyed the fellowship of being with Brother Graham. Now, now our next service begins at um, South, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, this next week, and we're to be there beginning on Wednesday night and going through Sunday, and then we're going from there, I think I'm to be at a breakfast somewhere up in, in Virginia in the next few days, and then from there or just on into old Mexico and back in here and into Canada. And now they say that Mr. Moore told me today that they've managed now I'm going into Switzerland and to Germany and on down into Australia, from there on over into South Africa, back up into Tanzania, and over into India, back into China, Japan, and around coming the other side. They've made the itinerary. So you see, it's just constantly one thing to another. But I am hoping and trusting and waiting till the day that I get my tent. I'm so alarmed about my tent. It's always been a problem to me. If you'll forgive me for a few moments of this, a little talk before we read the text. How many read the vision in the magazine? Have you, did you read it? Well, that's fine. That's, um, that was something that I have prayed for for years. The one thing in my meeting has always been that I've never been able to do the things that I really want to do and think ought to be done in my meeting because of the, the absence of physical strength in the time of healing services. Visions are something that, that tears you to pieces. It's, not li it's living in a different world. Could you just imagine being asleep and then uh, wake up all at once and be half asleep and half awake and then... Uh, again and again and again and again, and imagine what it would do to you? Could you just think when the great Daniel saw one vision and was troubled at his head for many days? See? Just one vision. And it's uh, one time led me 
several years ago, almost a total break for life, even to the Rushmi to Mayo brothers, and they said, there's not absolutely a chance in the world for you to ever live, see, and come out of it. But God's grace brought me out. I promised him, man, I watched. Now, in the, in the prayer lines, I don't give to too many people, and I've had many critics on this. And they wrote me letters, say, Mr. Roberts, many Mr. Allen and them will pray for 500 people while you're praying for five. Well, I just have to do it the way the Lord told me to do it. And that's, my ministry is not a contact for each person, but it's just to represent the Lord Jesus in a, in a sign of a gift to everyone because no matter whether it isn't my hands that would count, it isn't Mr. Roberts' hands that would count. It's your hands on him that count. That's, well, that's the one. Because after all, he's finished the work. The only thing that we can do is preach it by the word or some gift to represent its finished work. And I appreciate Brother Gordon Peterson, the pastor of this church. I think you got one of the nicest churches here that I've ever come into. Now, I don't say that because I'm on your platform. And my son, young Dr. Branham, <laughs> I hope he didn't hear that. He'll never get up no more. <laughs> he was over, gave his testimony this morning. He said, Daddy, they got one of the finest young people's classes and things you've ever seen. And I was so happy for that. And I, the Lord has been dealing greatly with Billy right in this meeting. And I believe someday he'll walk along all right and follow right along. So I'm hoping so. Anyhow, he might be listening, so better cut off right here. So... Uh, <clears throat> the vision, and it's, I'm watching the clock to get, get my time started on time if I can at 8.30. But here's the vision. I had promised people, can you hear me all right? I'd, how about me setting this just a little closer? That, is that better? Thank you. Uh, the vision was this. Years ago, a vision started. The first one I can remember, I was still in a little long dress. I don't know whether you know what that means or not. A little boy had a dress on. And we raised in the mountains of Kentucky, and our little boys and girls both wear little dresses until they're great big children. And I remember that dress that I had on. And um, I remember a preacher shooting at some birds, and seven shot hit me in the leg. I sure remember that. And um, that I was... Mother said then I was, well, I was, we come to Indiana when I was three years old, so you can imagine that was about a year later, so I couldn't have been over two years old at the time when it first happened. But when I was first born, this light that you see on the picture here was standing over the bed, five o'clock one morning on April the 5th. That's my mother and father's, and the ones that was around testimony in a little cabin up in Kentucky. They didn't know what it meant, none of the rest of us did. And I didn't know until just about ten years ago. All my life, it was vision. Then after he told me and sent me into the work, I knew that there would be things that we'd have to watch. And one of them is money, the other is popularity, and women. There are three things that man fall over, and ministers especially. Now notice in the Bible, seers, we find out that Balaam fell because of money. Samson fell because of women. And Saul fell because of popularity. So I had to notice those things. I know popularity and, and women I've shown, but, uh, but he, I don't, sisters, I don't mean in a brotherhood fellowship, but I mean in the, in the way when I was a kid, I, a voice spoke to me. You've read my life story already, haven't you? When he told me never smoke, drink, or defile my body, well, I, I kept reverence. And, um, I wasn't much afraid of that, because, but the test of money. 
that was the thing that bothered me. And I was raised so poor, my, I thought money would just be, so I said, Lord, going out in the meetings, I'll certainly keep money in the background. And if you'll help me, and if, I'll never let anybody beg for money in my meetings. And then if there's ever a time that you ever fail me just for taking up the offering and you fail me, I'm coming in off the field. Well, for nine years, he kept me going. And then recently in California, on a meeting, I lost $5,000 in one meeting. The next meeting, I lost $10,000. I'm still on it. So then um, that the meeting didn't pay out. Now, that, when I went home that night, I went to, went to the cabin where I was staying about 2 o'clock in the morning when we finished up. I told the wife, I want to go out and pray a little. So I went out and prayed. I come back in almost towards daylight. We were leaving for home, face red, tear street. She said, Billy, what's the matter with you? Oh, I said, I was just out talking to the Lord. And I couldn't have the nerve to tell her I'd quit the meeting. And I told the Lord, I said, this is my promise. On the road home, I said, when I get over and out of California, I'll tell them when to get in Arizona, Billy and, and my wife. And uh, he's, then I said, I'll do it when I get over in Texas. And then when I get to, well, I told them when I come in home in Indiana. And, and my wife couldn't understand it. She said, Bill, I'm afraid you're doing wrong. Billy Paul said, now look, Daddy, that's what you promised God. God never told you to do that. I said, yes, but a man of honor will keep his promise. And that's one thing true. I said, well, you, I don't believe you, you just couldn't do it, Daddy. He said, don't the Bible say, Paul or somebody said, woe to me if I preach not the gospel. I said, I'll preach the gospel. Well, I'll rent the old theater down there and get a broadcast and have the people come in here to Jeffersonville and pray for them, whatever. I said, but on the field, no, where you have to have a lot of money through the time. And uh, so I said, I'll pay this off and I'm going back to work and get me a job. I promised God I'd do it and I, I'm going to do it. And then that was in my heart. And then went to bed that night and the next morning got up. I just got off on the side of the bed, which never got into a rather late. My wife said, we got to get the little girl off the school, Billy. And I said, and so I got up on one side and she was getting out on the other side. We always go and, and kneel and pray by an old chair there every morning when we get up. Been accustomed all my life to doing that since I've been a Christian. And she also. And so then when she was just sitting on the side of the bed one time. I was rubbing my eyes like that. And I look coming down out of the wall, and here come two little dark-looking children, half-naked, full of a little wagon with wooden wheels. And I said, now, Mita, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And I could hear, yet I was done too far into the vision. I couldn't, couldn't understand why the, she didn't she come around. And now, when them visions strike like that, well, then you're just in a coma. Right? And so then she went on out of the room. And I started walking up, and I met Mr. Argenbright, and he told me, that uh, meeting was already in session, I should go in. So when I went to the meeting, oh my, i never seen so many people. And they looked like kind of dark people and smooth though, and I thought, where are they at? And then there was someone else speaking in my place, and in the vision. And I said, um, who's speaking? And he said, someone, minister standing there said, oh, they put him up. I said, who's they? And just then he said, you're all dismissed, and all about maybe 20, 30,000 people started leaving. I said, why, they never made no altar call. And uh, I said, that's not right. And another minister, kind of blonde-headed, raised his hand up and had some sack in his hand and said, but we got the offering. I said, when did it come to a place that the offering was more essential than the altar call? And so, uh, that just then, well, um, I said, there won't be there won't be 12 people out. They said, you're to speak this afternoon. I said, what time? I said, just any time. Well, I said, there won't be 12 people out. 
And I said, uh, he said, well, wasn't Christ left with twelve when he told him the truth? And just then, I was taken off into a, another place. I sat down to the side of a, of, a, of a little place, and I seen a little baby shoe, a little moccasin. And I had a great big string, almost the size of that post there, trying to lace through that little eye of that moccasin, trying to lace up the shoe. I hope this don't hurt anyone. I never put it in a magazine. How many people here saved? Let's see your hands. Really? Born again with the Holy Ghost? Good. All right. And I'm sure you'll understand me. I never put, placed it out in a magazine like that. But I was trying to thread this little shoe up with this string. And all oh, the little eyelet was about an eighth of an inch, and the, shoe, the string I had was about a half inch. And I was breaking the threads and just trying to push it through just with all my heart. And a voice spoke from behind me and said, what are you doing? And I said, lacing this shoe. He said, you're using the wrong end of the string. And I looked down on the floor, and there laid the, truly, there laid the, the string all went out to a nice eighth of an inch and taped down real nice. And he said, you can't teach Pentecostal babies supernatural things. He said, you'll cause carnal impersonation. Now, that's true. I can always see what the vision says can't teach Pentecostal babies supernatural things you cause carnal impersonations. And so, and I, I stood there. And just then it seemed like I went off into another dimension. And when it was, I remember, watch these things, they'll come to pass word by word. It's, it's perfect. And I was standing by a lake, looked like, and he'd taken me and set me down there by this lake. There was lots of ministers around, of fishing. And I looked and there were great big fish. And um, some of them were just catching little bitty fish. And just then I said, oh my. I said, I'm a fisherman. I'll, I'll catch the fish. So I picked up the pole that was laying on the ground. And just then this one said to me, he said, I'll teach you to fish. The one I've been talking behind me to my right side. And I said, all right. He said, fashion on the lure, but throw way out in the deep. And I went way out in the deep. He said, now when you do, let your bait settle down. Pull slow first. He said, but small fish will follow the lure. Now, that's really uh, fishing technique, all right. He said, pull slow, and said, the small fish will follow. When you get a strike, said, just jerk it a little bit, not hard, but said, don't tell nobody how you're doing it. said, keep it still. Don't tell nobody what you're doing. said, pull it slow, and then said, when you feel your strike, just pull your bait far enough to scatter the little fish. It'll make the big fish run for it. And then when you get a strike, then set your hook for the catch. I said, I understand. I threw it way out, and just as I did, all these ministers and people run around and said, Praise the Lord, Brother Branham will really catch fish. They were just going on like that, and I felt real big about it because they were telling me I was a fisherman. And so I said, Now, I'll tell you how it's done. Here's the way you do it. And I said, The first you're supposed to pull slow. And then when the little fish goes following, I said, You set it like this. And what I did, I jerked bait, hook, and everything out of the water. And I looked, I caught a fish. But I was wondering how he ever got the lure in his mouth, because it looked like this, the skin of the fish stretched around the lure. He was such a little fish. And just then I said, oh my, look. And just then this one had been talking behind me, stepped around in front of me. It was the same angel of God that's always spoke to me. He said, you've done just what I told you not to do. Standing on the platform and trying to explain it and telling the people, and I told you to keep it to yourself. And said, look what you've done. Look at the carnal impersonations you've got rolled. See? Now, I hear people say that. And I hear people say, Brother Brandon, oh, the Lord, give me a ministry that you've got probably greater 
Yeah, but just like that, no, never will be as long as I'm on earth. He told me that in the beginning. Never will be, see, as long as I live. Now, he told me that, and I hear people say that, and I know it's wrong, but I just don't want to try to tell them that. But then when the, he said, you called impersonation. And then I started weeping, and I took the string and was trying to straighten it out. And just then he looked at me, and I wondered what he was going to do, and he said, keep your line straight. In these kind of times, I said, yes. So I got the line ready to throw again, and just as I did at that time, he taken me away again. And he stood me up in the air over a great auditorium, of, or a big tent. Oh, i never seen such a tent spread way out. And in that, there was a, looked like I'd made an altar call, and hundreds of people, real softly and sweetly, were weeping, standing by the altar, receiving the Lord Jesus. And I said, that looks better. And then he said, uh, there's a nice, smooth-spoken gentleman stepped out and said, now while Brother Branham's resting a little bit, We'll line the prayer line up. Said, you always prayer cards beginning at a certain place. Line up to my right. And so I looked over. That would be to my left from where I was standing. And there was a little building sitting in there. Little, a little building that's built like that. And all the people were, oh, it looked like went around the tent and out a city block or more. A great line of people. And they were all standing around there with their prayer cards. And just then I seen a woman in an ambulance stretcher was laying and a man behind her was standing on crutches. So they were standing there waiting for their turn. There's a lady taking down their names and things. And then there's a canvas stretcher that no one could get around that tent. And just then, I want you to watch this and listen how it is now. So you watch the difference. Then I heard something whipping around. Like that always goes every time we have a healing service. That's just what happens. That's what it's always sounded. It sounded that way in the bush that time when I heard it. It's always been that way. And I felt it. I heard it, rather, going moving, and I looked, and here went that real soft light moving away from me, and went down, and went into that little building. And then there's something different between the light and the angel, because he was still here with me, and the light had went into the building. And this angel still speaking behind me, which is a big man, and he said, I will meet you in there. So then... I said, I don't understand why in there. He said, watch. And this woman, when she come out of there on the ambulance stretcher, she was pushing the stretcher out the other side. And she said, uh, the lady asked her, with a, uh, said, what, what happened? She said, I don't know. It just happened. She said, I've been in this stretcher. She said, I've been down in bed for years. And here comes the man out packing his crutches. And uh, they asked him what. said, he didn't know. And he's coming to the platform to testify. And I said, I don't understand that in there. And watch, he's always scriptural. He said, did not our Lord say, when thou prayest, be not like the hypocrites that like to make a show? said, enter into the secret closet, and when you've done so, close the door. Then pray your Father what seeth in secret, and he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And he said, you remember that name that you were hunting that time that you dreamed about? And I said, yes. He said, I'll meet you in there. And this time, it won't be a public show. And the vision left me. Now, we got the tin and making. And then in there, I'll be able to carry pry line right on through. Now, you remember, I speak this before it comes to pass. The exceedingly abundantly is fixing to take place. I can't wait till I get into that place. I just, my heart's a yearning and burning. And these things here that you see now will be amateur 
to what our Lord is fixing to do. You just remember that with all your heart and live for him now. And be regular and just be yourself. Just just be Miss Doe or Mr. Doe and, and love the Lord and just move on with a true heart before him and love him. He'll take care of the rest of it, you see. But then it'll be no end to the prayer line for it'll go hours after hours and watch what our Lord is fixing to do. Now, the thing that happens in there, when he told it, now remember, the Bible is laying open. I did it first. My hand over my heart. A human being in this world will never know it. I made a show out of the other, but God being my helper, the reason I waited to this night, it's the first time I've told this in public, I waited this night to tell it, God being my helper, there'll never be a human being know this. So death sets me free to go home to be with God. I'll never make a show or a public thing of this. It's too sacred for to be given out the way I did the other time. And I asked the people, and trying to explain something that I didn't know nothing about myself, you forgive me. You're not supposed to explain God. You just believe God. There's no way to explain him at all. So the Lord bless you now. While we go right straight to the service for about, I'm going to try to start the prayer line in the next 15 minutes, God willing. But my words are the words of a man. And you can imagine with something in my heart that's just a burning and a yearning, you can wonder why that I um, try to hold back prayer lines. And I wasn't even intending to have one prayer line here in Minneapolis, not a one. Or nowhere over yonder, I'm not having any prayer lines, see. Because here's what it is. I come to visit. I come to have fellowship with you. I, I like to go out and see you. Got lots of friends. But when I get in under this anointing of this Spirit, I stay there and pray till I get to the platform and have service when they leave. If you had to put up with me like the manager and Billy Paul and them does, you don't even know where you're at sometimes. You become beside yourself. You don't know you. why. It's visions and everybody you start to talk to, there's a vision again. And you just have to wait till you get out of it. Now, most all seers and poets are considered neurotic. Tommy knows that to be true. Look at, look at Elijah after he called fire down out of heaven and his vision come true. Forty days and nights he wandered out in the wilderness. How many knows that? Sure, the Bible said he did, and God found him laying back in the cave. Was that right? Look at Jonah the prophet. After he gave his prophecy, fulfilled his vision, he went up on the hill and prayed for God to take his life. Look at William Capper, the great songwriter, wrote, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. While when he, when he got through writing the inspiration out of that song, he tried to find the river to commit suicide. Look at uh, Stephen Foster, gave the world its best folk song. Old folks at home, Swanee River, Old Black Joe and them. And when he, when he wrote my old Kentucky home and many of those songs, when he come out from there, the influence of that inspiration, he would get on a drum. And then when he, at one time he'd come out, called a servant, took a razor and committed suicide. See? You don't understand. There's no need to try and explain it. You just believe it. I ain't trying to explain it no more. You, uh, people's going to believe it or uh, that's all I'm going to do about it. That's up to God to do the rest of it. I can't take his job. So have faith and believe. And if you're ordained to eternal life, Jesus said, no man can come to me anyhow except my Father draws him. That's right. And if you're ordained to eternal life to see and believe, you will. If you want, it's just like pouring water on a duck's back. It'll do no good at all. No matter how much you try to explain it, those who God has chosen before the foundation of the world, and if you are chosen, God, you were chosen not here, you were chosen before the world began. Do you know that? And the beast deceived those, all whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life from when? The foundation of the world. Is that right? All the way back. 
And Jesus come to die for those that God had ordained to eternal life. And those who know and God has ordained will come to him, the others will not. So when the last speech is called out of the pond, the saying over. So we're trying to say now, shall we pray just a moment? Heavenly Father, feeling that this night is the time that I should have said that and told the vision. I ask forgiveness with all my heart of my trespasses of trying to explain, and I'm sorry that I did the way I did, and causing these things to rise up, which has done great hindrance and brought reproach upon the church of the carnal comparison. So I pray, Father, that you forgive me for all my trespasses, this being the first time that I have made it publicly known. And I ask you now, dear Jesus, that you will help us tonight, and bless us exceedingly abundantly tonight. And pour out thy blessings, and God hasten the day that when we can set up the tent and get down into the real services of the Lord again and see your great mighty hand work among the people. Grant it, Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything that you've done. I pray, God, that you'll bless my brethren throughout the nation, throughout the world, everywhere. Anoint ministers afresh, Lord, and let them be right on the, the firing line in this last day, seeing that we've just got a little while longer to work. And then Jesus will come. Oh, God, may we rise in the power of the Holy Ghost and go forward and do exploits in the last day, as the Bible said the people that know their God would do. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. In Luke, the second chapter, the 25th verse, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of the of Israel, and the Holy Ghost is up on him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple when the parent brought the child to do for him as the custom of the law. Then picked he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. The Lord add his blessings now to the reading of the word. And just for a few moments, I want to speak on being led of the Holy Spirit. You believe in it? Amen. And you people standing, God bless you. I hope that someday, I say this from my heart, you that's loyal enough and love me enough and love the Lord Jesus first enough and then respect the word that I preach enough to come and stand in the church, maybe from out of town and drove today a long ways after service, and standing in the aisle, I trust to God that he will bless you and you'll make heaven, heaven will be your home and we'll have all ages to rejoice together in. Now I pray while you're here on earth that God will anoint every one of you ministers and you housewives and whatever you may be and give you a message to the dying world today that Jesus is soon coming. May he bless you. If God hears my prayer, may he hear it for that. I pray through Jesus Christ's name. May this church stand and be great and a soul-saving station, a lighthouse until Jesus Christ comes, is my prayer. God bless you. Thank you for inviting me, your humble friend, to this pulpit and to preach the word and you come to hear me. Now, being led of the Spirit. It was in Jerusalem at this time that the regular customs of the law and they come in and they had the worship, they had the temple. And all the people always met at Jerusalem. Why was that wonder? Did you ever think Jerusalem was the place where the sacrifice was killed and no people had fellowship outside of being under the shed blood 
of the sacrifice. That's the only way today that we can have this wonderful fellowship is when we are dwelling beneath the shed blood of the sacrifice. Is that right? Amen. Now, as Jerusalem had to meet at, I mean, the worshipers had to meet at Jerusalem, there's where the lamb's blood was applied. They had to come beneath the shed blood in order to have fellowship, and that's the only way that we can have fellowship. We'll differ, split hairs, argue, and fuss, and denominate ourselves until we come beneath the blood. And when we get beneath the blood, I tell you, the Methodists shake hands with the Baptists, and they grab the Pentecostal around the neck and call each other brother. When they come beneath the blood, it's a fellowship. Oh, what a wonderful time. And no wonder people loved to come to Jerusalem because they had everything in common. They worshipped under one supreme sacrifice, the shed blood of the Lamb, the burnt offering, and everyone having fellowship. Now, that's a wonderful thing, but yet in having that, many times the people stray away and they make an idol out of the very thing that God has ordained. Do you believe that? Look at the serpent, the brass serpent in the wilderness. Did you know the prophet had to tear that serpent to pieces? Why? Because the people were worshiping the serpent, and they made an idol out of it. Do you believe you can do that today? You can make an idol out of your church. You can make an idol out of your pastor. You can make an idol out of an evangelist. And I'm afraid that that's what a whole lot of it's being done. They idolize the man. I was in California speaking to the Christian businessman, and they were. I was talking on the subject that Paul said that one thing that he feared, that is, that the people would overthink of him and not of the Lord Jesus, so he didn't come to him with excellency of words, but he come to him in the power of the Holy Spirit, that, is, that he, they would not worship him or believe too much above him, upon him, but would believe in the Lord Jesus, that their faith might not be in Paul, but might be in Jesus. And today, that's the thing today when we see people and People are so subject in this day to jumping at little flowerly things till it makes you kind of wonder sometimes. Don't never think above one man above another. No, sir, no matter who he is, if he's just a little old fellow out here giving tracts out on the street and if he's a, a Billy Graham, no matter who he is, if he's God's servant, respect them all the same, every one. Don't have one above another in favorites. We don't have that. Don't do that, and don't respect one person above another. Be, let everybody be on the level, and brother and sister, in Jesus' precious name, please think of your humble brother as the lowest of those brothers, you see. Just as, uh, I don't say that to be humble, I say that from my heart, because I mean it. It's Jesus Christ that I'm trying to represent to you, see. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And now, down along through that day, they had a little remnant of people who really or ordained to eternal life that believed and were waiting. And we'll find out just before that great uh, epoch, if you want to call it, or junction as we spoke on the other night, the supernatural begin to take place. And we see a man by the name uh, uh, a prophet, not a prophet, but a priest. He was standing in the temple of God, waving the incense as he burned it. And he was a good man. And uh, he and his wife, and uh, Zechariah, he was a wonderful man, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, believing, and his wife was old and past the age of bearing, but while he was standing there, there appeared an angel, 
over on his right side and said to Zechariah, at the days of this time of your burning the incense and your duty here, you go home and to be with your wife and she will conceive and bear a son. And he doubted what the angel told him. But then God struck him dumb, or the angel did, until the day the baby was born. And then he called his name John, because the angel told him to call his name John. And we find a little virgin also on a road down to the virgin's well to get some water there in Nazareth, a little mean city. And just something is fixing to happen. Things begin to appear. Signs and wonders begin to take place. And while she was packing water, the same angel met her. Maybe a big light shined before like did Paul on his road to Damascus and so forth. And in that light stood this angel Gabriel and said, Hail Mary, blessed art thou amongst the women. You found favor with God, and you're going to bring forth a child, knowing no man. And she said, Bid unto me as God has desired. Now, she never questioned the angel. She believed him. You know, sometimes, as I said last night in the woman that washed the feet of Jesus, how'd you like my story on the woman washing Jesus' feet? Well, I, I love those old-fashioned, heart-rendering stories of the Bible, don't you? And so... You see, women sometimes will catch it, and now you have to watch this. Now, you all know that, uh, you know my doctrine, so you might as well know it. See, I'm against women preachers because I don't think it's, it's absolutely the Bible. I don't think it can be proved. But anyhow, women is real receptacle to, the, to spirit, and then if you don't watch, watch who the mediums are on the street. It's madam so-and-so. See? You, this, and then the gospel should keep the woman lined up and in her place. So then, but she's more receptive to the Spirit many times than men are. So um, then we come to find out that little Mary was on her road, and, and when she seen this angel, she didn't doubt a bit. She said, Behold, the handsmaid of the Lord, bid unto me according to your word. And immediately, not waiting for any evidence, not waiting to see some kind of a sign, not waiting until she knew that she was going to be a mother, but she started right away rejoicing and happy and praising God because that she was going to have this baby, not knowing any man, and yet it would be a disgrace on her, but she was going to have it because God had said so, and she took God at his word. There's the thing. Ought we to have more Marys here tonight? Ought we to have more in Minneapolis, all over the world? Somebody who will take God at his word and don't doubt nothing. Go ahead and say it so before any evidence at all. You say, Brother Branham, um, I don't see any wheelchairs or cots or maybe someone here that's sick. I don't know no one here hardly. But say somebody sitting here that's got a visible uh, something, made their hands turned down, and you're prayed for. You say, well, my hand's not any better. That, that's not faith. <laughs> faith calls those things which are not as though they were because God said so. Amen. It don't, it don't look at your cripple. We look at the unseen. We look at things we don't see at all because God's promised. Abraham didn't look and say, well, Sarah, you're 65 years old. He told me we'd have the baby, so this month is nothing different, so I guess we're not going to have it. I guess it was a mistake. God didn't speak to me. The vision wasn't right. Uh, no, no. He got stronger and stronger all the time and claimed the victory for 25 years until the baby came. I believe it's been 45 years. It's still been claiming it. He, he believed God, and he counted those things which were not as though they were, because God said so. Now, that's good. Now, why do, why do you say, Brother Bram, why do you have such faith in there? Uh, aren't you afraid there'll be a mistake? No, sir. Aren't you afraid you'll say something wrong? No, sir. 
God said so. That settles it. That's just all there is to it. Are you afraid now you're making this concerning this uh, new ministry that you're entering? You think that's going to be, or you say greater? Yes. How do you know? God said so. Oh, I haven't got one bit of doubt. My heart's just leaping and jumping to get to it. See? Because God said so. That settles it. That's just, that's just all there is to it. It's going to be that way. God said so. And that settles it. And then uh, I heard you in your prayer. Yes, sir. Because God told me I was wrong doing what I did. So I- I'm sorry for that. What God says is truth. Whether it's for me or against me, it's still right because it's God. So we have to take God at his word. And then we find out that Mary went right along through the country telling everybody that she's going to have a baby and went up into Judea because the angel of the Lord had told her that Zechariah, uh, Elizabeth, her cousin, was going to have a baby being in an old age. And when Elizabeth had hid herself for six months, six Mary and, and, uh, and Elizabeth were our first cousins. So could you imagine this little woman running up into the country and up in the hilly country of Judea from down in Nazareth, run up in the woods and mountains up there, and said, uh, oh, she seen, uh, uh, her cousin had hit herself, Elizabeth, she had hit herself, and um, she was uh, kind of afraid because the baby had never moved, it didn't have any life yet, and it was six months past, so that's, that's altogether subnormal. And then she went up there to see her, and she'd hit herself, so when she peeped out the window and saw a little Mary coming up through there, oh, her little face just as shining, she's about 18 years old, just so happy. And I imagine Elizabeth said, you know, uh, maybe Mary and Joseph really got married. But you know how she had to tell Joseph? She was engaged to him, you know, and Joseph was a carpenter, and he was building a house, and all oh, he could build good houses. And so then he was building one special because he was going to live in this with his little sweetheart, Mary. And one day, little Mary walks up the door and said, Joseph, I guess we'll have to break our engagement because I'm going to have a baby, and walked away. Could you imagine Joseph's heart? How it sunk within him. He didn't know what to do. What happened? Oh, I can't believe that in Mary. Oh, God, you've got to help me. I can see him go in the room. His little room, the door's made just perfect and everything, where the little bedroom is going to be and all about it and all fixed up. And then... When he went in the room and he just couldn't go home that night for supper, he just waited and he prayed. He said, God, I just can't stand it. I love the girl. And how does this come? I've been a true servant of yours. And behold, the angel of the Lord come into that room that night. He'll do it. Then Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. Oh, my, Joseph was happy about it. My, he seen what was... This greater, all, all things work together for good to them at love God, you know. So up in the country she goes and she's going to see Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth knows that she uh, sees her coming, she sees her little face just as, uh, just as rosy and her little cheeks red. And it wasn't cosmetics from Max Factors either. It, it was really Holy Ghost on, that's right. And she was just uh, having a wonderful time rejoicing as she went up. And I can see Elizabeth raise up the curtain, look out there. Oh, there comes Mary. Oh, she says, Zachary, I tell you, when, when she comes in, just go, can I go get her? And just open the door and run out and grab her and met her and begin to hug her and kiss her. You know, people used to love one another. They don't no more, you know. A little dry shake, you know, hold your hand out like this, you know. How do you do? I don't like that. I like a great big old-fashioned pump handle shake, you know, that kind like this that you can really feel it. Don't you like that? Yeah. Here not long ago, Mr. Bosworth was in a meeting in Miami. And there was a duchess there. Now, what it is, don't ask me. 
there's a great big uh, woman back there, and, and, and people, thousands, trying to be prayed for her. And after me coming out of the meeting now, I've been under the anointing and everything, and Brother Bosworth grabbed me by the arm and said, Oh, Brother Branham, the Duchess who let us have this land, said she's standing right at the door. I want you to meet her. I said, What about them four sick people out there? Is there any more strength left? Let me see them. And she said, he said, oh, but said, the Duchess is such a wonderful woman. And three or four of the ushers, and away they went. There was a great big lady standing there. I guess the Duchess is dressed that way, all the jewelry enough to pay a missionary a thousand times around the world, preach the gospel. Great big earrings hanging down, and, and she was standing there. And she had a pair of glasses on a stick, looking at them like this. And, you know, I, I don't mean to say that for a joke, because this is no place to joke. But, you know, looking through a stick like that. And she said, are you Dr. Branham? I said, no, ma'am. I said, I'm Brother Branham. And she said, well, Dr. Branham, I am charmed to meet you. <laughs> Hold her hand up like this. I reached and got all over a big fat hand. I said, get it down here so I know you want to see So uh, I don't mean to be joking, see. I just tell you how the people kind of put on. See, and you get cold and indifferent. I like real love, genuine love. Something that you can feel. Paul Rader said one time, said, Brother Billy, I was leaving my wife one morning, said we were sitting at the table, and I, I got up coming on the wrong side of the bed, and I said something to her I know that hurt her feelings, and said, I never apologize. He said, she said, Paul, will you go with me somewhere tonight? He said, I can't do it. And just went on like that, said I was just in the meetings, had me all stirred, and I had to go up to the office, said, you know how I felt I guess. Said I went out the door, and said, she always met me at the door and kissed me goodbye, said she was standing there. And when I, I kissed her, I said, goodbye, and said, she said, goodbye. And said, walked on out the end of the gate. He said, when I closed the gate, looked back, said, she always waved goodbye at me. He said, I turned around and looked, and, and I said, goodbye. And she said, goodbye. He said, went on down the street, and I began to think about it. said, my, how can I stand? So why is something happening to me today? That's my sweetheart. So I, I look, I said something to him. He said, his heart got swelling there. Turned around, run back in real quick, jerked the door, looked around, and heard somebody crying. She was standing behind the door crying. And said he, he looked around, grabbed her to the shoulder and pulled her around, kissed her as big as he could like that, walked out and shut the door, went out the gate, said goodbye. And she said goodbye. He said just like she did the other time, but the last time had a feeling in it. So that's the, that's the way it is about knowing Christ. You can know him, but is there a feeling, a feeling, a real love feeling, a real fellowship? That's the way, that's the secret to the success. That's the way, is a real genuine love. It's not put on, it's real, and God knows it's real. And so does Satan know it's real. When you love the Lord with a real, genuine love. So I can see Mary as she, her and, and Elizabeth hugging each other and saying, Oh, boy, I'm so glad to see you. And Elizabeth says, um, uh, Mary says to Elizabeth, said, uh, uh, How are you getting along? Said, Just fine. And they went to talking, you know, and after a while I can hear her say, You know, I hear that you're going to have a baby. She said, Yes, that's right. But she said, You know, I'm worried about it. She said, the, the baby's six months uh, now as it is, and, um, and I'm kind of disturbed about it. And Mary said, the angel of the Lord, who told me that, the great angel Gabriel, he met me, and he told me I was going to have a baby too. Are you and Joseph married? No. Well, how are you going to have a baby? He said, I was going to have a baby knowing no man. And it would be the Son of God, and I should call his name Jesus. And just the time she said Jesus, little John come to life and begin to jump in his mother's womb. The first time that the name of Jesus Christ was spoken through mortal lips, a dead baby in his mother's womb come to life and jump for joy and receive the Holy Ghost. If it would do that, then what ought it to do to a born-again church, a people who really believe that they uh, take that wonderful name of Jesus and be led by it? 
And then we notice that in the country, wish we had time, but we can't. I love drama, so I just can't get into that. But let's take another fellow. There's a man named Simeon up at the temple, a wonderful man, good man. And he was old, and one day while he was having a little prayer meeting by himself, the Holy Ghost came down and revealed to him that he wasn't going to see death until he seen the Christ. Now, could you imagine an old man, 80 years old, white whiskers hanging down, real white hair hanging around his uh, shoulders, and saying that he wasn't going to see death until he saw Christ? What David had looked for him, the prophets had looked for him. But here this man says he isn't going to see death until he sees Christ. Well, I imagine the folks said he's just a little bit crazy. See? But God's always got a remnant who will believe him that's led by the Spirit that will be called crazy. You believe it? Blessed are you when men shall say all manner of things against you. And noticing, and I see him going around about just telling the people, and some uh, said, oh, he's a little bit off, the old fellow is. But one day, you know, news scatters slow then. They didn't have telephone, television, what we have today. And probably if they'd had, they'd only used it to criticize him. That'd been just about the way they'd done it. They'd criticize him. And so they, um, but anyhow, message traveled slow. And eight days after Jesus' birth, he was taken up to the temple. And they used to go to offer the peasants offering for a, a cleansing for the circumcision of the baby and the purifying of the mother. And while they were standing in the row out there waiting for the circumcision, someone waved back in a little room, an old priest back there by the name of Simeon sitting there reading the scroll. All we like sheep have gone astray. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And reading like that, the Holy Spirit said, Simeon? Yes, Lord. Stand up. Yes, Lord. Start walking. Which way, Lord? You do the walking. I'll do the guiding. Amen. That's the way he does it. You do the walking. I'll do the guiding. Here he comes walking out through this great, say it's Monday morning, and all oh, there's hundreds of little babies that are born every night, and they have, there's mothers stand every day in a line for the circumcision of the child and the offering of purification. Down along the line, out there stands a little virgin. A lot of little babies with little fine needlework, little pink dresses on, real pretty little things, you know. And here stands a little fellow down there with a little virgin come up there. Hey, say, did you hear the scandal? You get the gossip? There's that woman and here's that baby that's born illegitimate. Her Joseph's not even married yet. And there she's got that baby. Mm-hmm. I told you. Mm-hmm. I know it, see. That's the devil. There's that. And so keep your way back. Get way back from her. That's the way they do yet today. Just stay as far away from that crowd as you can, they say. So to get back, and there she's standing, but little Mary, with a little veil over her face, she knew whose baby that was. And every man that's born to the Spirit of God, he knows where he's standing. I don't care what the world says. He knows what he's cradling in his heart, or her heart, whoever it is. They know what's there. No matter what the world says, you can call them anything you want to, you'll never shake them. Now try it. For he that's born of God does not commit sin, unbelief. Now, and while he's shaking, here comes Simeon out, coming right down along that row, hits that row and comes right down and stops in front of that baby, reaches over and takes it out of the mother's arm, the tears running down his cheeks and dripping off his white hair. He said, Lord, let your servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Oh, my. That same Holy Ghost leads tonight. Do you believe that? He's the same Holy Ghost here tonight. I was just looking at Leo come up to Ray a few minutes ago, or Gene, sit down here. There's, boys, just a little story, a little story that happened not long ago. Many things happen along my life and your life that we don't tell people. And we'll start the prayer line. It's just immediately after this little, a little story. 
We were setting, I called them boys, they were kind of, I call them my students, that's all right, get A.G. And so I called them my students. I met them and talked about being mixed up. They was. They didn't know where they were, oneness, twoness, threeness, trinitarians, Jesus only, or what they was. They didn't know. But the Lord has helped them and blessed them and wonderfully. And they moved right down in Jeffersonville like FBI agents, following my meeting first to see whether them things is really true. See if the visions come at home, this is the same as they come here, and to see whether it was all right or not. And they rented them a little place down in Jeffersonville and watched constantly until they were knew that what was right. And now they're wonderful boys, both of them here, they take, take the recordings of the messages and so forth. We'll be with me in the tent meeting as we go on, Lord willing. Now, uh, they, they were sitting on the porch this last, I believe it was about July, was it? June, somewhere, June or July. And we were sitting out there and we were talking to him. And a young colored girl, a few days before that, had, had gave birth to a baby. She didn't want it. And she wrapped it up in a, a quilt and took a cab and went out on the bridge and dropped it over in the water like that and to get rid of the baby. And so we were talking about it. I said, just think of the, of the cruel heart of a person that could smother a baby in a blanket and drop it in the river. I said, I don't know what God will do with such a person. I'll pray for her sinful soul. Like that. And then Mr. and Mrs. Woods, which are book salesmen in the meeting, they were there. Mrs. Woods is a veterinarian. And so then the next uh, come in was Mr. Gilmore, which was the milkman. A friend of mine was standing there. And long up about 10 o'clock in the day, now I used to work in conservation. So I, I study animal life and I live in, oh, that's my second nature, is to be in the woods. I'm going into the woods in Mexico and then up into Anchorage, Alaska. Just can't hardly wait to get into it because there's where I find God out by myself in the woods. Great, great. My mother's a pretty half Indian and he's just enough about to make me love the nature and be out in the woods. And so I was looking coming up the road and I noticed coming from the Arctic Springs about a city block below me, a wood, across the Utica Pike and coming up the road, past four other houses, was a possum. And the possum was dragging its side like this as it come along. And as it moved on up the road, coming into the, the place, it passed all those houses who did not have any um, fence around them. And come to my place, I live in the parsonage there, which had a little rock fence around it and a uh, board fence this other way, and turned in the gate and started up towards the house. I said, look, there's a possum. It's got rabies. See, it, it don't travel. A possum's blind in the daytime. And they travel at night. So I said, look, there's the possum, and it's, uh, it's got rabies. Something bothered. I said, look, it's all mashed up. So I run out in the yard, keep it from getting to the house, and Mr. Woods had been raking in the yard with a yard rake. So I picked up the rake, and Gene and Leo and them come out with me, and I throw the rake over the possum. Usually they do what they say, play possum, just lay down. But not this one. It's, she grabbed it. I looked all over her, her left shoulder here, and it's all either chewed by dogs or had been um, run over by a car, and excuse this flat word, but Fly blows is all over it, maggots working underneath here, you know where the fly blows have come to it, and green flies all over it, it's a horrible sight. It's pulling that leg. And I said, oh, she's hurt, she's probably taking rabies after this, and that's what she's done. And um, so she's biting at that um, rake. And just as soon as I let her up, she started again, and I uh, threw the rake over again. And I happened to notice, and a, a possum and a kangaroo is the two only animals in the world that's got a pocket that they carry their young ones in. And so her pocket had let down, and she had nine little bitty slick babies, just about like that little bitty fellow. And I said, oh, that's why she's fighting. Look at her. And I said, now, Gene, Leo, and you standing around, I said, this mother possum has really more lady about her than that colored girl that tried to drown her baby, or did drown it. 
I said, you see, that colored woman with a fine, healthy baby smothered it in a blanket and dropped it in the river because she didn't want it. She wanted to run around and carry on. And this old mother possum's probably got around 20 minutes to a half hour more to live, and she'll spend that fighting for her babies. She's a real mother. And all of them begin to say, yes, that's right. And I let her up. And when I let her up, she got them little possums together, and away she went as hard as she could, dragging that leg, and went right up to my step and fell down and exhausted there, passed out. I went up, we pushed her, that right? We pushed her and tried to get her to move, and she just wouldn't. She just laid there. Well, Mrs. Woods come up. She said, Brother Branham, in her pocket, of course, when she let out, let out the little babies, was there a nursing. And said, Brother Branham, Mrs. Woods, said, uh, being a veterinary, she said, now look, go kill that possum. See, them little possums, just pick them up and throw them against the ground, kill them. So called, the poor little thing said, that old curdle milk and stuff, her dead, said, they'll, they'll, it'll, she'll die. Uh, the little fellow said, die and die an awful death. Said, they're too little to put on a bottle, got a round mouth anyhow. Said, you can't do it. Said, you just might as well kill him. I said, I, I just can't do it, Sister Woods. She said, you're a hunter, aren't you? I said, but I'm not a killer. And, and she said, uh, she said uh, well, um, well, look, Brother Brown, why don't you go and get one of your guns and shoot him? I said, I just can't do it. She said, well, let Banks, that's her husband, let, let him kill him. And I said, no, I don't want him to. She said, you mean you go let that poor thing lay there in that sun, that poor little thing, nurse on that dead mother? I said, she's not all the way dead. I kick her. Every once in a while, you see a little kind of little move in her jaw there. Well, I said, look at the poor thing. She's dying. She's passed out. She'll never come to. Well, I said, I just can't help it. I just can't kill her. And said, so, well, what are you going to do? Well, poured water on her and everything. Tried to wash the fly blows off of her. Wouldn't do any good. She just didn't come to. So that poor little possum's just a nursing away. And I thought, poor little thing. And we went on all that day, people coming and going, and all that day, and nothing. And she still laid there in the sun. All, and all, she was really covered all over near the fly blows at night. So Mr. Woods come up and said, now, Brother Branham, you went far enough today. He said, you've got to take a little rest now. He took his wife and I and my wife, and we went out a riding. And on the road, I'll never forget it, we passed a little dog laying on the road. And I said, stop, let's get him. And I went back, and a poor little fellow with one solid cake of mange and fleas that done crawl over my hand. And I said, poor little thing. And Sister Woods said, I guess you're not going to kill that. I said, certainly I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to pray for him. She said, Brother Branham. Said, don't you know that mange in the port? Look, it's just so full of lice right now. I said, I'm put him in my car. And I put him in my car and said, well, his lice will be all over. So I said, I put him in a sack. And I got him in a sack and tied him up and put him in the car, went home, prayed for him, worked with him. Boy, he's a big, fine collie now. Just as a beautiful dog you ever seen. You don't need to doing that. Don't be so brutal about things. And so the, so the next, that we come at 11 o'clock, there was a little old possum still laying there, still passed out. And Brother Wood said, now she'll never move. Said, she's dead now. I said, maybe she is. So then Billy Paul had been out on a fishing somewhere at the river, and he come in after midnight. And when he did, there the possum still laying there. Next morning I got up. I couldn't rest all night thinking about the possum. And the next morning I got up real early, about 7 o'clock, went out, looked laying there. There lay the old possum. And my little girl, very spiritual, and she come out in her little pajamas, and she said, Daddy, what are you going to do with that possum? I said, Honey, I don't know. Said, is she dead? I said, I don't know. I looked at her and that poor little possum still laying there, you know, and I thought, isn't that pitiful? I thought, I guess the best thing to do would be kill it, but I, I can't do it somehow. And she said, Daddy, that poor old mother said, is she dead? And I said, I'll see. And I stomped on her a little like that, pushing her back and forth. And no, she still had life. And so I went and I said, well, I don't know, honey. I said, you better run back to bed because Mommy isn't up yet. So we went in. 
sat down and I went in my den room, right where visions of such many. I sat down there and put my hands up like this, and I thought, God, what can I do about that old possum? I said, I, today I was laying there, I don't know what to do with it. And just then, I, you, I don't know what you're going to think about this. That's up to you. I heard a voice said, you used her yesterday for a sermon and said she's a real mother. I said, that's right, I did. I said, she is a real mother. said, like a lady, she's laid at your house, right at your door for 24 hours nearly now, waiting for her turn to be prayed for. She wants to live to raise her babies. And you've never said a word to me about it. I said, well, I didn't know she was, uh, she'd come. I said, what's the matter? Am I talking to myself? I thought, what's the matter with me? I raised up. I thought, what is that? That must have been the Holy Spirit. And I, and Becky was standing at the other door looking out. And I went out and said, where are you going, Daddy? I said, just a minute, honey. And I went out there over this old possum. God in heaven knows the truth. I stood by the old possum. I said, dear Heavenly Father, if your poor servant is so stupid to, I didn't realize that. And you, the loving God, that would lead an ignorant animal because of the love of her babies and want to raise them, and would lead them here, and I neglected to pray for her, I ask you forgive me. And I ask your Heavenly Father that in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll let her live then. And friends, as God in heaven knows this is the truth, that old possum turned over and looked at me, raised up, put her babies in her pocket, looked around to me as if to say, thank you, kind sir, stuck that tail up in the air, walked right down to the gate and turned back. As I could die and walk right onto the woods, not even a leaf in her legs. That's right. Went right on down. Oh, he leads. If God can leave a, a lead a dumb possum who hasn't even got a soul, how much more can he lead a man or woman that's born of the Holy Spirit? That gave me encouragement. God telling me to pray for the sick people, not only that time, but many times. He sent animals and so forth. See him come right to me in the woods and things like that. And that's the truth God will get. Here not long ago, I've got hundreds of letters. Mr. Bolze and a lot of them published in the paper. You might have read the story. And I was in California not long ago, and there's a fellow standing up at a great big banquet of a place, standing on a little chair. Hard. This is the way for the possum story. This is the way for the possum story. And people write to me from all over the world saying, Brother Branham, pray for me like you did that possum. Now look. The possum doesn't have a soul, it had to travel instinct, and the Holy Spirit had to lead it from the woods up through the road, across through there, and bring it into the gate. And if instinct will lead a possum, what ought the Holy Spirit to do to us tonight? We are led by the Spirit of God. The Lord bless you while we bow our heads. Heavenly Father, my mind goes now to many instances of how you have dealt with your people through many different signs and wonders. Sure, you know where the sparrows was. You said not one could fall, even though two of them only cost a fourth of a penny. But how insignificant that was. But yet you know the sparrow. You said even the hairs of the heads of the apostles was numbered. You know every animal, every, you're just all, all life, Lord. And nothing can be done except you know it. Your omnipresence, omnipresent, omnipotent. You're, the great, you're an infant. Oh, God, and our little finite minds sometimes can't comprehend what you are, but we believe you anyhow, Lord, if we can't discern it and know it just right. So, Father, we pray that you'll bless tonight in a marvelous way, and let Jesus Christ, your Son, 
who raised from the dead, that you raised up, and comes among us in a form of a light, the same light that appeared to Paul, who said it was Jesus that he was persecuting. The light shines so that it almost puts apostles' eyes out. He suffered for it for a long time. And Lord, the same light that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness, and you've appeared three times in the world like that, once to the children of Israel, once in the New Testament, and here you are again today, infallible proof, doing the same things that you've raised from the dead. You're concerned about animals, and if you love that old possum well enough to respect her, to send her up there, Lord, to be prayed for, oh God, how much more do you love men and women tonight who you died for? Oh, you never died for the animal kingdom, you died to save men and women, but to show that at how merciful you are and how, how great you are, you do these things, for example. Oh, you spoke to a mule one time to a prophet who couldn't see the angel standing in the way. How wonderful you are, Father. You had a fish to pick up a coin in his mouth and carry it up there to the bank so the apostle could get it. You're so real, Lord. Oh, God. And a sense of humor and uh, so dramatic. And you're so much love to you, Father. We just love you with all of our hearts. And we pray now that you'll let Jesus come tonight. And may this poor humble servant of yours, Lord, unworthy, be able to yield myself to the spiritual gift that you have given unto me, Lord, to show to the people these things, like you said, as Moses showed the children of Israel, that going home time is at hand. Thank you, Lord. Going home time. When Moses performed his signs, it was going home time. And we know it's near going home time now. You're calling out your people. And we pray, God, that you'll speak to sinners' hearts tonight and rend them, for we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. All right. God bless you. Now, if the Lord shall come and anoint, thank you, my kind, beloved brethren, and all of you that cooperate and help us in the meeting, and you fine Christian businessmen. I just fly across the country and around the world to be with you. You're very fine, and God bless you and all of you as a members and laity here. I thank you, each one, and perhaps you're taking a love offering for me tonight, and usually do. Yeah, that's all right. If you did, I put it right straight to what I don't have to eat with and take care of my family. I've been foreign mission. I'll give it to the best of my knowledge to the glory of God. Thank you, Christian businessman, for your offering the other day. Got it today in the letter. Thank you very kindly. I'll be as reverent as I know how to be. And Brother Jack Moore sends his apology to all of you. The little fellow sitting here on the end, out the end of the row there, in the other morning, sitting there in the breakfast meeting, I said, you know, this morning I saw a vision of woods coming down, and the woods have been cut out, all clearing up. And the angel said to me, now this is ten years you've been in the service, and the road that you've longed for has just about stayed ahead of you now. Oh, my. And I said, what? Just now I looked, and I seen Brother Moore, and he looked at me. He said, Mama, there's something with Mama, Brother Brandon, that's the reason. Remember me saying over there, the little fellow at the end of the road in play? The woman suffering, I see her very, very nervous. She's going just place to place. She's suffering with a, a, a bladder trouble also. She has a bladder condition. I see her persistently going back and forth in a building. It's a doctor's place, and they're performing an operation. It's a cyst they're taking off of you. Looks like right back and forth, time after time, week after week. But they're having operations for a little bitty growth, a little cyst like that. That's the best the law. Do you believe now, lady? Come here this morning. Look, sisters, only God can make you well. 
you believe it now that it will speak for you. Our Heavenly Father, with reverent heart, bowed heart and head, lay hands upon the little woman that's suffering and ask for the mercies of the resurrection to come to her. And Satan, you are defeated through Jesus Christ. We now pronounce this blessing to our sister that she will be well. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, sister. I believe that you're going to be well now. Don't you believe that? You feel better about it now, don't you? You're healed then. Go rejoicing, thanking the Lord. Now, you all believe now? Does that... All right. Now, just be real, Reverend. Don't move around, because it, it interrupts the service. Now, the lady standing here by me is a stranger to me. I don't know her. But God does know her. Are we strangers, ladies, with each other? Did you watch the expression of the people's face when they walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit? See the tears rolling down their cheeks and watch how they'll change their color? See? When they walk into his presence, a lady met me today from Shawano. She was in the uh, service there tonight and got as far as the piano. She said, you stop the line, the Brother Branham, that close in the presence of God, said it settled it. That a growth that I had on me has already gone away from me, just got up and went away. And she believed. Now, if somebody else could walk up there and never do them, never bother him a bit. See? The woman touched his garment, virtue went out, but the Roman who spit in his face and pulled his beard and hit him on the head with a stick like that said, Now, if you're a prophesier, tell us who hit you and we'll believe you. He didn't see no virtue. He wasn't looking for any. Come believe him. Now, sister. If I, if I, if you're sick, I don't know where you are or not. If I, if you are sick, and I could heal you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a brute. I wouldn't even be a gentleman if I could do anything to help you. But I couldn't do it. I, I, I just can't because I'm not a, first place, I'm not a surgeon. I couldn't perform operations. I'm not a doctor. I don't know nothing about that. And the only thing that I am is God's surgeon. And by trying to bring you to Jesus Christ, through a divine gift that was given to me, well, maybe then something can happen. I trust that it will. Will you believe? You will. I believe you will, too. Now, the first thing, the lady is suffering with a tremendous nervous condition. She's just on the verge of a breakdown. She feels like that she's about to lost her mind. The reason this is, is because of a burden. She's burdened about someone. She has a burden on her heart. And that person is her husband. And the man has got something like a stroke or something that's bothered him and she's pulled around with him until it's caused her to have a breakdown. That's the truth. Is that right? If it is, raise your hand. You believe now with all your heart? Look, Satan is just now you feel all right now, so you feel better. Because as soon as you accepted it, that feeling left you, see. It's gone now. That's right, see. You don't feel it now, do you? It's gone from it. If that's right, raise up your hand. That worry feeling left you, see. Because I've seen it when it left, see. But that's just a shadow. I, it can't hurt you. It's the devil. 
see. And he, you, he won't come to you anymore if you believe it. You believe that you're standing by Jesus Christ now, which is a supernatural being here, that'll keep him away from you all your days, your life. You're going out here happy and rejoicing, and rejoicing the Lord. You believe that? And Heavenly Father, I lay hands upon this little woman, and I say to Satan, you've lied to her, and keep away from her. In the name of Jesus Christ, you're a deceiver, and we adjure thee by the living God to depart. Amen. Now go rejoice in Be happy. Just as happy as you can be. Singing hymns and praising God, you'll be all right. Amen. Do you believe? Jesus said, if thou canst, thou, if thou canst believe, is that right? You can receive if you believe, is that right? You felt it then, didn't you, sister, with a brown coat on? Your arthritis left you, that's what happened. That's right, sitting right there looking at you with your hair kind of up like that. You had arthritis, didn't you? That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, if when I looked and all at once around there, something happened to you. Isn't that right? Raise up your hand if that's right. See? It happened. Amen. That sound pretty good to you, sir? You believe it to be the Lord Jesus? Got something wrong with your back, haven't you? That's right. That's right, is it, sir? You believe me to be God's prophet? You do with all your heart? Here's another thing. You're seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, aren't you? Isn't that right? That's right. Wave your hand back and forth like this. And the Lord give it to you. <laughs> Amen. Lord Jesus, may thy grace and mercy rest deeply upon our brother and give to him that desire of his heart. His faith touched you, Lord. May he receive it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Don't fear, brother. Does Jesus, has he risen from the dead? Amen. See, the same faith that that woman had, that man had, and the lady had. It's the same Lord Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't fail. He's just the same. Thou canst believe all things are possible. You believe, lady? I do. With all your heart? If God will let me know what's wrong with you, will you believe with all your heart that God will make you well? All right. Look on me. I mean by that, like Peter and John passed through the gate beautifully, you know, and said, look on me, or look on us. In other words, or giving your attention just a minute. That's what I mean. That's what Jesus said to the woman. Well, you have a growth. It can't be seen with the eye, but it's in the neck and in the in the cheek. And it's on your left side. Is that right? right. Go believe now with all your heart in God in the name of Jesus, we condemn this enemy. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go have faith, believe. Would you stand, sister? How wonderful our Lord Jesus is, if you can believe him. The Bible said, if thou canst believe, thou can have it. You believe, lady? If the Lord Jesus will let me know what you're here for, will you accept him as getting what you're after? You will. 
you have many things. One thing, you have a colon trouble. You have a gallbladder trouble. And you're nervous. That's right. And then one great thing that's bothering you is demon oppression. You always feel depressed, like the devil's got you or something like that. You're having a spiritual battle, aren't you? Is that true? And especially you get that afternoon, after the dinner, something like that in the afternoon. It's worse than it is in the full morning. That's right. Because it makes you all upset. See? What it is is nervousness. See? Because it looks like he's the enemy fighting at you. Do you believe that God sent me to cast it away from you? You do? Come here. There by your head. Our Heavenly Father, Satan here, trying to come against your Holy Spirit, while the evil one, come out of her. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I adjure thee to leave her. You're exposed, Satan. You go from this woman, you're trying to make her commit suicide, and you leave her in Jesus Christ's name. Now, look here. It's over now. You know that. Is that right? Raise your hand. If they were worried, gone, is that right? You feel fine, don't you? You're going to be all right, so just go rejoicing and praising the Lord. Lord bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. Oh, my, how people are to worship Him. Just give Him praise and glory. He loves to be worshipped. Now, be real reverend. Is this a lady? Would you come, lady? Now, please be real reverend just a few moments longer. You're just wait just a moment now. Everybody get real quiet, real settled. That's not for a little baby, but this won't be moving around. See, every spirit in here, I'm in contact with it. See? Now watch what the Holy Spirit says do, and then I do what he tells me to do. See what I mean? Sinus is no problem for God, oh, is it? He can heal sinus anything he wants to, can he? You believe that? And you can have it. Be healed. Amen. You believe, sir, you had a heart trouble, didn't you? You've had a heart attack, haven't you? Bothered your whole life. Trying to come for near leaving this world, didn't you? You shouldn't leave in the condition because you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. Will you, as that's right, isn't it? Will you now accept him as your personal Savior and believe him? Raise your hand up if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Then your heart trouble shall leave you. He clears all up around you. You are a Christian now, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise be to the living God who gives us all things freely. Have faith in God. You believe that garter left you, lady, as you had your hand up right behind him here? Believe that Jesus Christ make you well? Do you believe? All right. That settles it then. It's gone. Amen. There it is. Not a sign of it. See how the Lord's are doing? Don't you believe? Amen. If thou canst believe, the Bible says, all things are possible. Oh, you think, little lady, sitting there praying right back there with your hand up over your mouth, got heart trouble, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Got a little blood pressure. You believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, makes you well, lady? And you can have it. Amen. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah. 
Oh, isn't he wonderful? Oh, I see a death spirit, real black, hanging with that second person sitting in right back there. It's a lady with a cancer sitting right straight here looking at me, a little thin-like lady. You believe it he healed you, lady? You accept your healing? You were praying then, wasn't you? I seen that black raising back and forth, back and forth. Hallelujah! Believe him, it's right around you now. Do I believe? All things are possible. Have faith now. Be reverent. Believe. Don't doubt. Just have faith in God. God shall bring it to pass just what you have need of. He'll do it. Amen. Lady, with the prayer card in your hand, touch the lady. She's looking at me now, right between there. You're sitting there praying for that high blood pressure. You think that, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> the red hat on, had your hands down, praying with your hand over your face. You accept it now? You believe it he healed you? All right, then go home. Jesus Christ, make you well. Amen. Have faith in God. Believe. You believe, lady? I'm a stranger to you. Jesus Christ knows you got me. Just believe. Or by just getting a week like this, you see. You, um, you look to me now just a moment. Oh, everybody in the audience is getting faith and it's just people are being healed and healed, but I just think, look here. If I be a stranger, God knows you and knows me, doesn't he? If I will, by the grace of God and help of God, tell you what your trouble is, will you believe on him with all your heart? You got a female trouble, ladies' trouble, the cyst, you got cysts, isn't that right? Do I believe that to be the truth? It is the truth. Yes, ma'am. Now, I tell you another thing, you're not from Minneapolis either. You come from Wisconsin. That's right. Your name is Mrs. Douglas Bond, D-O-H-N. Right, isn't it? Now go back to Wisconsin and do well. Let's say bless the Lord. Howdy do, sir. I'll be real reverent just a few minutes. He'll take me just in a minute. If you just be reverent, but real still. See, I can't deal with the audience when you're all getting up, folks. Don't do that, please. Just hold it just a few minutes. Please. please. Um, this, I like to talk to you just a moment. We being strangers to each other, I suppose. Only God knows both of us, doesn't he? And he can do for you exceedingly, abundantly. Whatever he does, that's up to him. He's God. Is that right? And if I could help you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a hypocrite. I'd be an imposter. I'd be a brute if I wouldn't help you. You believe I could help you through a divine gift? You're suffering with a nervous condition. Right? You got a throat trouble. Right. You believe him with all your heart now to make you well? You should. That Bible laying before you, you talking out of it. You believe he's going to make you well now? Or you go back to your church and preaching the gospel. You preach anyhow. 
our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless our brother and give him this great thing that he's asked for through Jesus' name. Amen. Go believe him now. You believe? God can heal stomach trouble and just make everything well. Don't you believe that? He did. Amen. You have it. Now go on your road rejoicing, saying praise the Lord. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. All right, ladies. Do you believe? With all your heart? Oh, back troubles and back turning old kidneys and But God can make you well, can Just go on your road rejoicing, saying, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing. All right? Would you come? What say? You're too sick to get up and come up. Well, all right. You won't get over that female trouble. <laughs> all right. All right. Then it's gone. It won't bother you no more if you believe. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, may this blessing come to our sister. Amen. Go on. Sick is gone now. Let's go and rejoice Praise be to God. God, cure arthritis and everything else. You believe that, don't you? Make you completely well. I'd go down there then and say, Thank you, Lord, and just raise up my hands and all be gone. <laughs> say, Praise be to God. He's troubling so forth in the late troubling for a long time. But Jesus Christ can make you well, can you? You believe that? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, may our sister be healed. Amen. I go on believing and rejoicing with all your heart, you shall receive it. You believe now? Something happened. Someone was made well just then. I don't. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He yields back trouble, He yields stomach trouble, and He yields nervousness, He yields eyes, and He can make you well of every bit of it. You believe that with all your heart? You believe that God gives it to you right now? You accept it? You feel kind of shaky, don't you? But it's nothing going to hurt you. It's something going to help you. But come here to me. Our kind Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless our sister and take these evils from her in the name of Jesus Christ, God's Son, Amen. Or believe now with all your heart. Oh, is this the patient? You believe? Look at me just a moment. Disturbance in the audience. I'll be glad when I get my little ring to myself. They only hear through a microphone. We're strange to each other, lady. I don't know you. God does know you. But you're not standing here for yourself. You're standing for someone else. That's true, isn't it? Perhaps what if I just talk to you a moment, talk to you about yourself or whatever more, and see what the Holy Spirit would say. Would you believe? Will the audience believe? The audience, I'm late, and it becomes restless, and the people are wondering at the time, and I feel that re reaction against me, you see, and it makes it awfully hard. It's just we're going down, 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 down with me quickly. I just get this woman right before me so I can speak with her. I believe you're standing here for someone else, and that someone else is an aged woman. And that she's in the hospital. She's got a stroke. 
she's your mother. And there's something you know about I see a car smasher. She's in a car wreck, wasn't she? That's right. And I see a man now up here by me. It's a, a man. That's your husband. He's here. He's got a back trouble, hasn't he? You believe now? Go put that handkerchief on him. He'll get wet. Oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that you grant me that How do you do? Have faith now. Just be reverent just a moment longer. You believe, lady, with all your heart? standing for someone else too, aren't you? You believe me to be his servant, the Lord Jesus? The person you're standing for is very, very sick. It's overshadowed with darkness, with death on the person. And that person is suffering with a hideous thing called cancer. And that person doesn't live here. It's away from here. It's in a beautiful city, and the city is by a seacoast. There's lots of ships in the harbor. It's San Diego, California. That's right. You believe? If you can believe with all your heart, you can receive that what you're asking for. You're asking for something yourself. It's because of a nervous condition and your eyes. That's right. You're also from California, right? And you are. Aren't you a poet or something, or write kind of poems or something like that? That's right. And you live. You got a street address called 1225 Hoover Street, National City, California. Your name is Sophia. Is that right? Damsel is your last name. That is true. Go on your road and receive that what God Almighty has planned into you. Do you believe with all your heart? Jesus Christ, God's Son, is raised from the dead. I declare that on the authority of God's Word. Do you believe that He is sure and can heal, has healed past tense? Every person that's here, are you ready to believe that and accept it? Put your hands over on each other. Oh God, our Father, who raised up Jesus from the dead, I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, at this moment, that you'll heal every person in divine presence, cast out every evil spirit, and may the healing power of Jesus Christ come upon this audience just now and make every one of them well. Satan, we take the initiative and cast you out. In Jesus Christ's name, you are defeated, and Christ make everyone well. In Jesus' name, stand and receive your healing. <laughs>